I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. We're here with Josh Brown. He is the CEO of Ritholtz Wealth Management, and he is also one of the most prolific bloggers of finance internet. He is also the chair of finance Twitter and one of my favorite people on Wall Street. So, Josh, you you call yourself the reformed broker, um, but really you're a financial advisor. Your company does financial advising, and I think that this is an interesting distinction. A lot of people have focused on this thing called the fiduciary rule. You may have seen John Oliver doing an episode of Last Week Tonight about this, and the question is basically if somebody manages your money for you, what's their real responsibility to you? The rule will make them actually have to operate in such a way that they make decisions in your best interest rather than in their own best interest. And so I guess what's the shift that you're seeing in the industry and in the things you've been doing in the industry as regard, you know, what 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 did you need to reform in terms of the relationship you had with customers? So prior to being an advisor, I was a Series 7 registered representative. That was the job. So that's a broker. And in the 1990s, that was what you were. If you were dealing with the public on Wall Street, it's unlikely that you were really in the advice business. It's more likely that you were selling. Um, the, the, the famous phrase was, we're in the, the moving business, not the storage business. Right? Uh, so buy and hold, which is what most people that's should anathema be doing. For, that's anathema for the brokerage industry because yeah. um, it's assets that aren't earning anything for, for the salesperson. That kind of died. It, I mean, it still lives a little bit, but it's, it's really dying uh, on the independent side, and the wirehouses were really smart. They figured out. We got. I'm sorry, the wirehouses that uh, the big firms that you've heard of. So this is like Schwab and Fidelity. No, no, this is like um, Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, yeah, Smith Barney, which is now owned by Morgan Stanley. They were smart. They figured out that's this is not a long lasting business. They transitioned a lot of their brokers to become wealth managers become advisors. So the, the key distinction here is that the broker gets paid on the transaction, whereas the manager gets some percentage of assets? The broker is only giving advice incidental to the, the transaction. The investment advisor has what's called a fiduciary responsibility, which is not on a transaction-by-transaction transaction basis. It's based on everything I do is for your benefit. I cannot get paid by anyone else. So if I put a fund into your account... It's because I've done the research, and I think it's the best possible fund for you. I can't get paid by a fund company for recommending their product. In the brokerage side, it's a little bit different. The funds pay what's called shelf space. The brokerage firms have access to massive amounts of money and advisors and their clients. And if you are a mutual fund company and you want your product sold in that brokerage firm, you have to pay. So that stuff doesn't exist on the advisor side. The industry is going to the advisor side. Then who pays for your lunch? If you only get paid by your client, you make less money per client, but you're in a position where you can take on more clients, um, and you're in a position where you can do such a good job for that client that they don't have five other brokers or five other advisors. They work only with you. I feel like we still haven't broken down the the, the incentive distinctions. The reason why you haven't broken it down is because it's purposely ambiguous. There are brokers who call themselves financial advisors. That's what the whole DOL thing is about. No one has come in yet before the Department of Labor and said, there needs to be a clear and distinct difference between salespeople of products and people that sell advice. Industry-wide, the information asymmetry is where the profit margins are. 
So a lot of people who would just have no possible way of understanding these distinctions between is he a broker, is he an advisor, is he a fiduciary, uh, is he not, that's where all the money gets made. I've been, Lynette will tell you this, I've been screaming about the need for a fiduciary standard since before John Oliver was born. Before he brexited the womb, I was saying, <laughs> this industry, and there was, okay, there was a study in 2010, they asked rich people, not like people who've never invested, but like sophisticated, wealthy people, does your broker have a fiduciary responsibility to you? 93%, 93% said yes, and the answer is no. Imagine you had a doctor whose first loyalty was to a drug company. You, you would say like, that's outrageous. How could that be? That's the case for a lot of people in America, and usually it's the people that can least afford that to be the case. It's what they call, I love this, very Orwellian, the mass affluent. These are people with between 100,000 and 250,000. These are the people that are being jammed with products that they're not sophisticated to understand and are not in their best interest. Um, whether it's high fee mutual funds that will never earn the fee in terms of excess uh, performance or all different variations of annuities. Like these are the people that are most susceptible because they don't know the information, they don't know where to find it. And the better advisors don't want to deal with them, right? They don't have enough money. And so most of those people, they're, they're not going to end up with a fiduciary advisor, advisor, right? They're going to end up with a retail Fidelity account or a retail Schwab account because it won't make sense for a, for a bona fide fiduciary to advise them. I and mean, that seems fine to me. I think those people were better off with you know, a simple account and simple funds to begin with. This is the biggest lie on Wall Street, which is that if we don't let people of a certain income level be taken advantage of, then there won't be any broker who wants to deal with them. The reason why it's the big lie, the, the biggest lie on Wall Street, financial technology, fintech, is coming in and rapidly, not like next year, but rapidly racing to fill that gap. And so you can work with Betterment, Wealthfront, Charles Schwab, Fidelity's doing a robo, even Merrill's doing a robo. Merrill has something called Merrill Edge. It can help you with service people with a simple product, which quite frankly is all people need. You do not need somebody selling you bad investments in order to get service is what I'm trying to say. Even if people can't have an individual financial advisor. Meets don't need that, one. That, yeah, that doesn't mean they don't have financial service. Like not everybody needs an have you ever, decorator. Have you, ever heard of, have, have, you, have you ever heard of Merrill Edge? So Merrill Edge is the biggest robo-advisor in the world. Um, it's Merrill Lynch. And so to be clear, a robo-advisor is basically, it's a it's, it's a Automated of, investment solution that right. you log into online and it rebalances your account and puts you into investments. You may also know what a robo-advisor is because one of them, Wealthfront, is a sponsor of HardPass. So you basically tell them how much risk you want to take on. Right. They do it based on your how much money you're going to throw down and you know your age. All these things are taken into account and then they create an investment profile for you and then it changes your portfolio. So, so here's the thing. It's not optimal. And wealthy people are not going to just rely on a, a robo. But there's a huge portion of the population that that's really good for. Everyone's going to have their version of this. And it's going to be way better than having shady people getting the ability to sell you things under this banner of suitability. I, I think the, the main point here is it's a lie that you have to be taken advantage of in order to be worthwhile to a money manager. Maybe that was true. 10 years ago, it's not true today. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 